Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's time to swarm the 402. Welcome to the Nebraska Hawks. These guys are brave. They're Hawkeyes living in enemy territory. Listen, these guys are way past their point. But they're still Hawkeyes. They're spreading the Hawkeye hype to all of Nebraska. The Frost Advisory is cancelled! Corn Huskers? More like corn suckers. Are you ready for this podcast? Let's go! All right, welcome back to the Nebraska Hawks Nest, your Hawkeye oasis located in a nasty little Nebraska desert. Today marks our very first episode of our Swarm the 402 podcast. Joining us to die die today, the wise guy, Jerry Weiss. Jerry, how's it going, buddy? It's going phenomenal, Adam. Did you like my British accent there? No, I did not. No, I did not. But let's be not be negative. We're here to be positive and swarm the four hundred two, and we yeah. and we got the eye candy known as Matt Matty Ice down there. Girls, keep um, it together. Keep it together, girls. He's married. We <laughs> <laughs> don't have a chance anymore. <laughs> He's already freezing up. This is his first time. You like bit your face didn't move there for like a solid five oh, seconds. No. <laughs> Old Iowa farmhouse, go Hawks. Fiber to the home out here, though. I'm living in God's country. Ah, That must be some weak fiber. You'll freeze (laughs) up like this when you're talking, and then you'll be the same for like a minute. So I say that, and then the same thing happens to me five minutes later because it's well documented, the Internet issues I have out here. Jerry likes to make fun of it because I live out in the middle of nowhere. Um, well, you know, they still got telegraph converters. One of these days they'll upgrade the, you know, uh, the overhead power uh, phone lines. Yeah. So, 
So since it's our first episode, we're going to just uh, kind of give a little bit of a base of uh, everything that we're going to be doing on this podcast. Uh, we've been primarily an interview-based podcast from the very beginning, and at the rate that we're going, I think we're going to run out of people to interview at some point. So we're going to be sprinkling in the Swarm the 402 podcast, where we're going to be tackling college football topics, probably some pop culture stuff. You're going to get to know way too much about all three of us, which I apologize in advance. Um, <laughs> our, our sole purpose in life initially was to spread the Hawkeye beloved culture to all of Nebraska and Western Iowa. Too many people told us they felt alone out here in Nebraska. So we wanted to do everything we could to bring people together that love to spread all across the country. So we're just not Nebraska exclusive. Now we're all over the place, right guys? Right. Yeah. I'm a Northwest Iowa, so I'm representing the state over here. Yeah. So uh, I wanted to, um, just to start out at the beginning, sorry to cut you off, Jerry. Um, we're going to start with you, Jerry, real quick. Um, tell us a little bit about just, you know, with it being our first uh, episode doing this, what got you to become a Hawkeye fan? What really sparked your fandom and uh, got you to be so passionate about the Hawkeyes? Well, you know, we uh, joke about it on the podcast a lot about our ages, but, you know, I'm old enough that I predated the Internet and uh, spent a lot of my formative years growing up in a little town north of the Quad Cities, Eldridge. And, uh, you know, when you're only an hour out of the out of uh, out of uh, the uh, Iowa City area, the newspaper, TV and um, and uh, every, you know, limited media. It was all Hawkeyes, and that's what you grew up with. And, uh, you know, I, I went to my first game. I still got the program, 1979, the final uh, game against Michigan State. And uh, I don't know. From that point on, it was just all Iowa all the time. And, uh, you know, it just grew from there. So we've talked about it on previous podcasts as well. You moved to Nebraska, and they all think that you're going to become a Husker fan. I moved here 13 years ago back when they were a little bit more formidable and no, it just it just makes you a stronger Hawkeye fan. You know, it's like those roots run deep. So I, I've seen it break people, and a, a weaker man would have become a Husker fan. And I'm sorry if this offends anybody. Anybody that grew up in the state of Iowa and then moved to Nebraska and became a Husker fan, I have absolutely zero respect for you as a sports fan. So <laughs> as a sports fan, now we can be cool outside of the sports realm, but I have no respect for you. you got to stay well, strong, and, you know, that's what Jerry did. Just to put a finish on that, when you grew up in eastern Iowa, we moved to Des Moines when I was about junior high age in the early 80s. And that was the first time I never even realized Iowa State fans existed. I mean, everything was Iowa at the time. And I'll never forget running into an Iowa State fan when we moved first time at school and thought, wow, they actually do exist. (laughs) You know, you just it was a figment of the imagination before that. So anyway, they they drive their fandom through enrollment at the university. So yeah. um, that, that that helps out a lot. Well, so Matt, know, you, go ahead. You can't here. be a fan unless you go to school there. So that's their rule. So you know, <laughs> it's that's what I always hear. Old well, people that are Hawkeye fans are just Hawkeye fans, but they have people that are Cyclone fans actually went to Iowa State. So eh, just because you didn't go to Iowa doesn't mean you're not a diehard Hawk. And like Matt and I've had conversations a lot of times that I think a lot of the best Hawkeye fans are people that didn't go there. It seems that a lot of people that are alumni don't seem to have the passion. And I'm not talking about everybody. You know, there's always exceptions all the time. But um, I, as a whole, just my experience personally, it's the people that didn't necessarily go to the University of Iowa that are the biggest fans. And, you know, that would be Matt. Matt's a Wayne State College grad. And uh, Matt, yep. tell us a little bit about how you became a huge Hawkeye fan growing up. 
I I guess I grew up with it. My grandpa always had it on. I had zero interest of sports when I was in elementary. I mean, I played some through through elementary, through junior high and high school. Um, just kind of, it was always there. It was, I was always in Iowa a lot, so it wasn't like a big piece of my uh, a piece of the pie of what I was caring about at the time. But it seemed like as I grew older and, you know, went to college and then, uh, yeah, I liked the Hawkeyes ever since all through uh, Wayne, you know, going to Wayne State College there. I uh, moved to Sioux City and then, uh, you know, Adam and I started watching games together and it just kind of blew up from there. But I, I ended up, my first game that I went to uh, with one of my high school best friends, uh, that was uh, oh, that was probably 20 years ago, but so you know, so I've been to games earlier on and now we go consistently, but yeah, it's just what I love. I would, I would say there's that one person in most fans' lives that really sparks that passionate fandom of the Hawkeyes or any other team. And I, I, you know, I don't want to pat myself on the back, but I feel like I injected that addiction into Matt. Matt was a fan, but then when we started to become friends, I kind of turned him to a super fan. Yeah. And, uh, so that's Watching when it all started. Ten magical season together blew it up. Yeah. Yeah. There were many, <laughs> m- many uh, margaritas and uh, Miller lights consumed that season. And uh Took a few years off our life, but it was. Worth I guess it. technically wasn't that the 2009 season because we went to yes. the Orange Bowl in 2010. So my yes. bad on that. Yeah, it was. Uh, it it when was you get, fun. When you get this old, the years just bleed together. I, they do. It's hard right. to keep straight. So Adam, let's uh, turn about's fair play. You know, you've been featured Big Ten treasure hunter. You are the Nebraska Hawksness. That's where you are located right now. What what was it that got you going in uh, in your Iowa fandom? Well, we are the Nebraska Hawks nest. We're a team. And that's <laughs> and this kind of stuff isn't fun unless you can sh- share it with people you, you care about and have fun with and share your fandom. Um, the very beginning of it started out, I would say my grandparents really got me hooked. They had season tickets for a really long time. And about once, maybe if I was lucky twice a year, they'd take me along to a game. And, you know, I'm going to sound like, again, like a reference against super HGTV here, but like the fall – you know, fall weather outside of the stadium, like playing catch out, you know, tailgating and then going into the game, like the whole entire experience. I was just hooked. I'm like, this is the coolest thing in the world. Like Kinnick Stadium is just jaw droppingly cool. I remember one of the first times I went, my dad was a high school football coach. He got us a tour of the practice bubble that they used to play in before their new practice facility. And you'd walk in the door and your ears popped. And I was just like, and back then I'm like, geez, this thing is super cool. You know, we have a practice indoor practice facility that Hayden Fry pushed for. Um, And I would say the other thing that really, you know, fed into that was um, going to the Iowa basketball camp every year as a kid. Um, My grandparents paid for that and I had a passion for playing basketball um, growing up. And so, you know, I got to spend time around coach Tom, Dr. Tom Davis, AC Earl, Russ Millard, Val Barnes, you know, uh, Chris Street was there too. Um, a lot of the the Hawkeye legends during a a big time uh, Hawkeye basketball Wade Looking Bill, and I just idolized those guys. Those guys were like gods to me. So um, I really started out more of a Hawkeye basketball fan initially, and then I grew to become you know a, a, a more of a football fan as the years went on, and then you know later in, in my life too, into my thirties, more and more of a wrestling fan and just Hawkeye sports in general. So. 
Yeah. You know, and it's kind of funny when you live here in the uh, enemy, enemy territory. It's funny how you it just drives even like like you were talking about even more, you know, mm-hmm. excitement over a lot of maybe other sports that you probably weren't paying attention to before. But, you know, the yeah. bottom line is you and Matt were talking about with you guys. You know, I always think back to the Daniel Stern line in uh, City Slickers for anybody that can remember that movie. But we talked about baseball and him and his dad. And he's like, you know, it was the one commonality we had to talk about. And it's amazing how, you know, like with us, you know, the Hawkeyes have brought you and I and Matt together and gotten to know each other quite a bit because of it. And uh, it's it's funny for me to think about how the Iowa fandom, even with Husker fans, the Iowa fandom is basically that one thing that's, you know, brought it together. And, uh, you know, you can look back and see how that started conversations, if nothing else, just being known for that over here. So, you yeah. know, that's what this is all about. And it's having fun. And, uh, you know, it's as uh, we talked about with Keith Murphy, it's all about it's all about sports hate. It's not about hate, hate. So oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. We say we. You know, sometimes we hate Nebraska and stuff. I wouldn't really hate anybody. It's more sports hate than anything. And it just, you know, makes the rivalry more fun when you talk a little smack here and there. So well, and it's, we a lot, it's, a, it's a lot of fun to go back and forth with the neighbors as long as you keep it in perspective. So Yeah, absolutely. So keeping things in perspective, we had an article that dropped within the last few weeks here that I wanted us to discuss on here by the Sporting News. Um, In this uh, PC world that we live in right now, the cancel culture seems like we're evaluating about everything that we do anymore. And it's offending somebody and someone has an issue with it. So um, I'm hoping at some point we hit the reset button and people just have a little bit more of a sense of humor about things in life. I know this stuff drives Matt nuts. So I'm hitting a hot topic button with him. It is for me too. And um, the, what we're going to start out talking about is the top, the, the article is the top five most offensive mascots in college sports by the sporting news. So we're going to actually just cover the top five here, just out of respect for time. Uh, people don't want to hear us blabber our gums that long. So um, we're going to start out right here at number five. This is my favorite because I think this is something kids have nightmares about if they see it. Now, this is the mascot at Oklahoma State, Pistol Pete. Uh, that face only a mother could love. <laughs> I don't know what they were thinking with that thing. I mean, that I could see that. I mean, the head's too damn big to fit in a closet, but I could see that like creeping out like of a room at night in a horror movie, you know, with his little pistols in the air, scaring the heck out of kids. That is a terrifying mascot. Now, is it offensive? I don't find it offensive at all. It makes me laugh. Matt, what do you what what are your thoughts when you see yeah. Pistol Pete? I don't, I guess I don't know what makes it offensive, what, what people know. are even thinking. So I'm in the same page as you are. It's a cowboy. He's got his pistols up. I mean, I wonder if it's because he has, is it because he has pistols? I mean, I, I suppose it's the anti gun thing, I guess, but that's why they had your hands the... motioned as a gun. So I can't really see that either. That's why they had to change the name of the Red River Shootout to the Red River Rivalries. Try to say that oh. three times straight. I can't. I have a speech impediment. I feel like um, I struggle with some of those things. Jerry, what are your thoughts on old Pistol Pete? Well, you know, there's absolutely no Oklahomans that take pride in being cowboys. So I can understand why it might be offensive to them. So, okay. and if you if you don't notice the sarcasm in my voice, I apologize. But that was my sarcasm. So that anyway, is ironic. I just, you know. You know, and it's just, you know, this dropped. I mean, was this a survey or was this, uh, you know, is this a writer's viewpoint or a survey or do you know? 
It is um, from a writer at the Sporting News, and then he—that um, was a very delicious-sounding crack of a beverage there. <laughs> I just—I must say, wow, that just like shuddered the whole podcast. Is that you, Matt Meyer? Thirsty boy. Um, this is gonna—we're gonna have to like start name dropping some like brands here and get us get us some more sponsors on this show. We but, should. Um, um, all right, go back, Jerry, to what you were saying because I completely went off on a tangent. <laughs> that the shutter of that beer can opening just completely threw me off. <laughs> Do you even remember? We'll move on. Okay, <laughs> we're gonna move on to number four now. Now this guy he doesn't really seem to have a name. They just call him the Leprechaun at Notre Dame. Um, apparently, I'm not sure with the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Um, the connotation is that it's something to do with drunk Irishmen in a bar getting in fights is what it's tied to. And, you know, the university does, says that that's not the case. It's just, you know, the fighting Irishmen. You can put, you know, Oregon calls themselves the fighting ducks a lot of times. Like, I don't really see what necessarily is so offensive about this mascot either, because I know Irish people don't really care. So, um, I, I don't know, Jerry, what are your thoughts on, on the leprechaun at Notre Dame? Well, you know, that it's, it's such associated. And I mean, I don't know, I don't nearly understand any, I don't know of any Irish people that are offended by the leprechaun. And the reason I was going back asking you about the, uh, whether this was a survey or whether this was a oh, writer's yeah. perspective, okay. because this goes back, there's an Indy star article from back in late August talking about, there was a, you know, there's a survey with a company called quality logo that's since been pulled down. And I mean, the Indy star, it was just, you know, it was just kind of like really, you know, who came up with this list and ultimately it was a survey. And so then you start to wonder about the parameters and are we just trying to find news here? You know, yeah. it's just it, it. You really start to look at the base of it and say, where you know, how founded was this, or you know, yeah. and then and then if the sporting news picks it up, was it just somebody trying to rush the press with something to you know try to stoke a fire? But I I don't know. The Notre Dame mascot's been what it is for years and years and years, and I have yet to hear anybody that's upset about it, other than I, a, a yeah. newspaper article or a magazine article. I think they like stuff like this because anything that college football fans can debate about. They they love it so mm -hmm. um, you know and I don't know Matt what are your thoughts on on the leprechaun at Notre Dame I was gonna say kind of the same along the lines that you said that uh, the Irish they're not offended of anything are they not really <laughs> they're pretty they're pretty chill like like and, I've never met an Irish person that wasn't cool like they're all pretty awesome <laughs> yeah and if I'm an Irishman and I like to party I'm gonna think that that's freaking awesome as hell because. I'm named after the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And honestly, I think it's cool that they've um, used, you know, students from different ethnicities to be the mascot from all over the place, which I think is awesome. Like, you know, you get a little bit of a representation. I, I think just recently the leprechaun was African-American. Like there's been all kinds of different uh, races that have represented it. So I think that's pretty cool, too. I, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that, Matt? I think that's great. I mean, they, who cares? You're the fighting Irish. You're representing your school. It doesn't matter what race you are. You can be a fighting Irishman. Yeah, I, I agree. And, guys, whatever your opinions are on this, too, make sure you comment. Let us know. Um, hit Obviously, you know, the YouTube stuff. Hit the like and subscribe. should have said that at the beginning. But let us know what you guys think on this list and what we're talking about. And, you know, our opinion's not gospel. We'd like to hear what you guys have to say, too. Definitely um, not gospel for me. No, <laughs> no. 
Um, number three, this is, comes into some murkier waters that I don't feel like mm-hmm. I know as much about. Um, we got it's Vil the Warrior from the University of Hawaii at Manoa. So um, I just think that's cool. I mean, in my opinion, I think that's any mascot that's unique like that, I think is kind of awesome. Um, you know, I haven't really had any conversations with any Hawaiians about what they think about that, whether that's offensive or not. But um, I don't know. What are, what are your guys' thoughts on that mascot? Matt, you go ahead. Oh, me first uh, again. <laughs> uh, I doubt anybody from Hawaii that's Hawaiian is offended by this. I, I got to party with some Hawaiians when I went to visit my cousin. And you did? Oh, man, it was a blast. Those guys are so laid back, and they were just grilling out. Who, you know, who cares? Come join us. Have a beer. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. I mean, it's probably more of a, uh, you know, it probably is more of a pride thing that that the University of Hawaii is that mascot. Yeah. And if Hawaii, you know, if these, that nationality is getting money from Hawaii being that mascot, like I know sometimes that happens, but it's, it's just a bonus for everybody. Yeah. I mean, if anyone's going to be that mascot, the University of Hawaii, they're Hawaiian. Like they should be able right. to, get to choose that. So I don't, Jerry, what do you think? Well, you know, the, you know, my assumption looking at this, not really knowing the history of it, but clearly the warrior is probably Samoan. And, you know, when we had our interview with uh, FEF and Nessa, the Samoan people are very proud people. I mean, they've got their yeah. own Hall of Fame for their athletes even. And, you know, I, I, you know, really, I guess in the bottom line of it, it's really between, you know, the Samoans and the University of Hawaii, but I have yet to hear of any really outrage on it. So, I, you know, I don't know. I guess to me it's it's celebrating the Hawaiian heritage and the, you know, the Pacific Islands. So yeah. I don't see an issue with it. But, again, I'm not privy to all that information. We we may have to go back to our good friend Bob Hogue, who's, uh, you know, over at the, you know, who lived in Hawaii. Maybe he can give us yeah. a little bit better opinion on that. So That's true. That's a good perspective, you know, the Samoan aspect of it. That's you know, pretty cool. So that's just not one I've heard anybody complain about ever. So I haven't no. heard anyone have any issue with that. Now this one, I dare you to find a cooler mascot than this. Like this guy <laughs> is so cool. The Aztec warrior from San Diego state university. Like, look at that, man. Mm-hmm. That is cool. <laughs> like look at that, the, the headwear that he has on the headgear and everything like that might be my favorite mascot of all time you know like jerry or myself could not pull that off we would uh can you imagine me as pale as i am running around in that costume <laughs> that was, i'm picturing it I now just, and it's not I working just, no no i just imagine a big old beer belly hanging out but you know underneath <laughs> the uh, decor there hey Hey, I'm working He's on it. He's gotten paid for that, Jerry. I was talking about me. Adam. Oh, I don't know. Oh, okay. All I right. don't, you, you know, you kind of jump quick to the, uh, you know, to the, uh, to the quick there, but because um, I have one as well. 
So, <laughs> well, I don't know. You seem to, you know, you kind of, I don't know. So I've been working at it, but I too, I, I too am nine months pregnant. So I'm uh, working, working <laughs> on getting, taking care of that and um, trying to get down to like five or six months pregnant right now. So it's, <laughs> it's a process. All right. We're going to move forward here with the number one most offensive mascot. Matt briefly referenced it with the financial aspect of it. But we have Osceola and Renegade. So that would be the horse and the mascot sitting on the horse uh, from Florida State University. Again, I mean, if you've ever seen the pregame when um, when they take the field and throw the burning spear uh, into the 50-yard line, very cool. Um, you can feel the history and heritage behind it. Um, I think it's awesome. Um, the Seminole Tribe does give permission to Florida State University to use that name. Um, so I'm sure like if, if North Dakota was still on here, the fighting Sioux would probably be number one or number two, but they've switched that now. I think they're the fighting Hawks now, aren't they? I believe. Yeah, I think they are the, cricket, sure. the, the crickets in that response. <laughs> yeah. um, they're, they're the fighting Hawks. I'm pretty sure. So right. uh, what are your guys' opinions on the Florida state mascot? You know, I'll go first on this one. But, I mean, if you do a web search on this, the Seminole Nation and Florida State have had a close relationship, you know, for many, many years. Back in Even back in 2005, I believe there was a joint release, statement release saying, talking about how they were, you know, collaborating together and working together and, and the mutual respect. And, again, I, I don't know. This just leads me back to believe that this was just some sort of a contrived survey that – or whatever that just tried to elicit some sort of a response in this environment. But I mean, everything I could find on this, looking back on it, there was no ill will between the Seminole nation or Florida state. So that's really up to them to, you know, to uh, make that. What was that? That was my text message notification for one of my kids. So (laughs) in our pre-production meeting, we're supposed to get stuff like this taken care of Jerry. Well, apparently my silent mode did not work on that. So it overrode it somehow, but anyway, it's all right. You know, it's it's a a little Japanese to uh, make us seem a little more high class. You know, this is a very (laughs) uh, culturally rich episode of the swarm. The four. Topic. The only thing I really have to say on that one is if the Seminole nation is fine with it, then why should anybody else care? Yeah, yeah. And, and their intent is to honor it and educate. It's not a diss their... to that. It's not a diss to them. It's it's an honor to them. There's nobody making yeah. fun of it. it it's yeah. really a neat mascot. It's pretty awesome if you look at if you look into it. I could see like how teams like you know the Washington Redskins and the Cleveland Indians, you know stuff like that. How that's offensive. That's that Redskins. That's pretty bad. You know, like we. Yeah, I think most people can agree. Like that needed to go. Like that yeah. needed to go a while back, um, and they really drug their feet on that, and it became a really bad PR thing for them. As long as they took to fix that, I get the tradition and standing behind it, but there's nobody that's going to endorse a name like that. That's a very you know, racially slang driven name. Um, and I, I don't know anybody like other than the long time, lifelong uh, Washington Redskin fans that thought that was a good name. And the Cleveland Indians, again, not, not great. They're going to be changing their name as well. Um, what are you, what Jerry, what's your thoughts on those? Well, it is, you know, and there's, there's a lot of things that need to be worked out on it. But I mean, I go back to, you know, for Iowans, I go back to my alma mater Simpson college, you know, 25 years ago, they realized that the uh, Redmond uh, nickname was highly questionable and possibly offensive. And 
probably is offensive. And um, they uh, they changed the storm. And I mean, you know, that was really at the forefront of, you know, trying to head this off before it became a larger issue. Yeah. And, um, you know, and so, yeah, I mean, there's there's got to be change that takes place here because, you know, it's again, we we started off the podcast with with it being sports fun. And I mean, you don't want to have a lot of, you know, you don't want offensive names like that in nature, you know, tarnishing, you know, what's supposed to be a fun and a, and a pastime. So, I mean, I don't disagree with a lot of these changes that are going on with a, with a lot of the names that you mentioned. Yeah. And there's been some dumb ones like the Washington bullets changed their name to the wizards. Cause yeah. I thought the bullets was a, I, that to me is like, okay, you're reaching there. If you want to change your name, just change it. Don't like, you know, say that, you know, calling yourself the bullets is like, you know, promoting violence. I just, I thought that was kind of ridiculous. I don't know, Matt. How do you feel about that? Agree. <laughs> That's just like <laughs> Pistol Pete, the Washington Bullets. It's. I mean, if you're offended by guns, I guess okay. But yeah. there's a lot of use. I mean, people are hunt, hunting all the time, all around me, all around the Midwest. People do it for sport. People do it for food. Yeah. So. There's a lot of different opinions out there on those things. And personally, I don't think they're offensive. Go ahead. I think the difference on this is, you know, you look at the difference between what level of respect and what level of caricature is being used. And I mean, the character, the caricatures are what, you know, is where the, uh, is where it becomes questionable as far as, you know, really how necessary is it? So, I mean, that's wow. anything that's really kind of in that, in that realm is really what's needs to be under scrutiny, you know, moving forward. So, I mean, I'm going to start a petition for the next semi pro team to come out of the state of Iowa to be called the fighting Matt Myers. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's, that's what I want. That's going to get turned down in about two seconds. It's got my vote. Got my vote. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to break down real quick here to get your guys's expert picks. Uh, you guys watch a lot of college football. So do I. So um, I don't know what makes the guy, the other guys like on ESPN, ESPN, U radio. How do they know more than us? You guys watch just as much football as they do. So we're going to break down some of our thoughts and opinions on the games coming up. Now with Iowa, we have Colorado state in Iowa city this weekend. Iowa is a 22 and a half point favorite. Um, I didn't realize this until I started doing research. Steve Adazio, the former Boston College head coach, is uh, the coach at Colorado State. Um, did not realize that, so I thought that was pretty interesting. I really liked him at Boston College. He was a fiery dude. Um, seemed to get a lot out of his players. Colorado State right now is not a really strong program. Uh, right now, they have a one and two record. Um, they beat Toledo. Lost to Vanderbilt and got blown out by South Dakota State by a lot of points. So, um, I don't. What are your guys' thoughts on this game? I'm not gonna, you know, steal all the thunder here. Um, Jerry, what do you what do you see happening this weekend? Do you feel like the Hawkeyes are going to cover that spread and, and win in Kinnick this Saturday? Well, I like their chances to cover the spread. I mean, Colorado State's been giving up a lot of points their first three games and a lot of yardage, I should say. And, um, you know, I really think if you look at it, you know, they've been the strongest against the run on the teams they've played. I really think this could be the game if Iowa wants to show off some passing game and for Petrus to break out, this could possibly be it. But I'm also going to note that I am not on the down on Spencer Petrus train like a lot of people are right now. You know, he's 9-2 and two as a starter. All he's doing is winning. 
his two losses have been against the first two games last year that he played as a starter. And he was expected, he put up like 40 and 50 pass attempts in this game, which is a totally not Iowa approach to a game. So the only two games he lost were games where it was put on his shoulders in his first two starts. And I'm sure Brian Ferentz isn't looking back saying, my gosh, why didn't that work? You got to be looking back saying, you know, what did we do that game? Why did we get out of that? And they were still close games. So anyway, but I mean, for the passing game to get out of a funk, I think they've got a good chance this week. But I mean, I still look at us overpowering them. And, uh, you know, I, I like our chances to cover that spread. So, all right. But, Jerry's but do not bet, but to our fans, do not bet on my advice. I am not responsible. That's just one man's opinion. Don't so, listen to Jerry. He's got don't stacks, listen to of me. Cash, stacks of cash all over the house <laughs> from betting on college football. He just doesn't want if you get mad and lose one of the games. Well, that's why, make him that's why I still live in Nebraska. I keep losing my money on my thoughts and uh, bets, and uh, now I'm stuck here. I can't come up with the moving money. I so. mean, I've listened to a lot of the experts on different uh, media outlets before, and they're not very accurate a lot of the time. So um, <laughs> the uh, and I liked what you were referencing, too. I feel like that, you know, Spencer – didn't get the benefit of the doubt last year. He didn't get spring ball to prepare for one. And for two, you come out of the gate with a first-year starter quarterback last season at Spencer Patriots, and you're throwing the ball 50 times a game. Like, that doesn't mm-hmm. make any sense at all. A, that's not Iowa football to begin with. That's not what we do. We are a run-first uh, offense that sets up play action, we'll throw the ball down the field. Like, we're a balanced offense. And – I'm not really sure what we were thinking those first two games of the year, but Kirk said it himself. That's not Iowa football. And then going into this season, Spencer's got spring ball. He seems to look less, you know, crazy feet in the pocket. He likes to stutter his feet around when he gets nervous and doesn't know where to go. He, I feel like he's doing that less and less this year, but um, yeah. he's, I, I believe he just broke the, broke the streak recently for the most amount of attempts um, throwing the ball without an interception in Iowa football history. So, I mean, that's, that's to be noted too. And then, and then also too, you know, if you're watching the game and watching closely, a lot of the receivers aren't getting the, the separation needed, especially on the long routes downfield for him to be able to deliver a pass in there for a long completion. So Jerry, did you have something you wanted to add there? Oh, no, I just, you know, and I just, you know, look at the two teams they played to start this season. And again, this is his first season in front of crowds. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, you start out with an Indiana and yeah, it was in the friendly confines of Kinnick, but I mean, that's still a tough matchup. And then you look at um, Iowa State. I mean, that was, they're talking like that was one of the loudest crowds that they've faced, you know, outside yeah. of Indianapolis back in uh, 15. And, you know, he's walking into that and that's only the second crowd he's ever played in front of. And it's the first away crowd he's played in front of. So yeah. I just, I don't know, maybe I'm the eternal optimist, but I'm giving him benefit of the doubt. But again, I just, all he's doing is winning. You know, yeah. and when, uh, you know, if you keep winning and you keep game managing and you let your running backs, you let that running game take, you know, ultimately for him, it's going to come down to that first game where he's got to try to take the top off a of defense where they're loading the box on him. And yeah. I think that's going to be the big key is can he do that? And that goes back to maybe like you were saying, the happy feet and the confidence level. So well, we're definitely not one of those offenses. that's really going to try to go out and, and trick people. But um, one thing I've noticed, especially this year, and Matt, you kind of tell me what you think on this, but Kent State was on top of about every play we were running. They were right there. Um, we were very predictable. And uh, this MAC program now, granted, they're favored to win the MAC probably this year from what I've seen. They got a really solid team, but 
they knew what we were going to run, when we were going to run it, and where we were going to go with the ball, and they were on top of us. Um, so, Matt, what do you see happening uh, this weekend against Colorado State? Again, Iowa, 22.5-point favorite. Do you feel like the Hawks are going to cover the spread? I think that they will. We've done nothing but cover the spread all year long. Uh, they keep talking about uh, Colorado State having a, a big line, both sides, and a good secondary. They got a tight end, good quarterback. But you don't want to put that good quarterback in that one, you know, the best tight end they say is in the country, I've heard. So I think Kirk Sparrens said that. Uh, yeah. Yesterday, maybe. Yeah. But I'm going to take our I'm going to take our linebackers against all of that, and our D line and our secondary, and shut that down. Mm-hmm. And then against their, um, you know, Spencer Petrus and that offense against their defense, we just find ways every game, no matter what, to always get something done. I mean, I know, like you said, a lot of people are down on Spencer Petrus and things aren't going well. And I've said some things. I haven't been real impressed, but there's times that I think, you know, we just played three really tough defenses and we've come out on top and we've covered the spreads every time. And we've been on uh, the, they've, they've, we were the underdogs on two of the three and came out on top and blew everybody's mind away on how much we beat them by on those first two for sure. Yeah. So I'm thinking, yeah, we're going to cover the spread. I, th- I think this is probably going to be one of the easiest of the three we've had so far, and it's going to be a, a great day to be a Hawkeye again. We just got to kind of reevaluate everything as Hawk fans. Like I said, I, we posted a meme on Nebraska Hawks Nest today. We don't want to become like the programs like, you know, Nebraska kind of was in Tennessee where they were overly critical. Like we're 3-0. and We beat two top 20 teams. Um, we're not going to look great. I was never looked great the first two or three games of the year, and we played really good competition. So I think this is a really good game for Iowa to get out, get some offensive reps, um, work out some more kinks, throw the ball down the field. Um, last time I checked, um, Colorado State gives up on average about 366 yards a game. So that'll be great for us. Um, they don't turn, they don't create turnovers. So um, I think this is an opportunity for us to really get some good reps. And I think Iowa easily covers the spread. Um, I don't think we're going to have any problem with this game at all. It didn't take a whole lot for, I don't think any of us to really think that one through. So something that dawned on me earlier, Todd, thinking about this too, Adam, was the fact, you know, a couple of things. Number one, you look at probably the most successful teams under Kirk Ferentz. You probably think of 2002, 2009, 2015. Well, what's, you know, we had seven years between the first two. Six years between the second two. Well, guess what? 2015 to 2021. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I don't know. You know, six years, and you know, if that's the pattern... But then secondly is, you know, those teams that we view as the great, as probably the best ones under Kirk Parents, you know, they all had early season, you know, 02 that you lose to Iowa State after having the halftime lead. 09, you know, you have to have two block field goals against UNI to pull the game out in the end. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, you know, 2015, there were some dogfights. You, you look at that Iowa State game, and I mean, that first half looked really, 
kind of meek, and then they came out and won it in the second, and then you have that 57-yard field goal by Marshall Kane to beat Pitt that season. Yeah. And ultimately, right now, look at it, folks. We're, you know, we've won handily two ranked teams, and then Kent State, who's a very tough out, you know, for a Mac, you know, like you said, they're, you know, they're predicted to do well in the MAC, and I mean, we're three and zero, and we've won each game really pretty handily. There hasn't been a lot of suspense to it. So, yeah. I mean, you really compare this start to the starts that those previous great teams have had. Yeah. Things are looking pretty good right now, and this could really shape up to be a special season. But as you said, it's early, and let's yeah. see how things develop as we move forward. So, All those teams had really good defenses. Guess what? <laughs> yep. Here we are again. Yeah, yeah. Just think if more of the guys would have came back from last year, how good we would have been this year. And I and say that every year. It would have been awesome to see on yeah, the field again. Yeah, it would have been great, you know, for him to come back since, you know, we've had uh, uh, Ira Kelly Martin's had a tough time holding on to the ball early season, but hopefully he can work that out. And let's just remember, like, you can be critical of your team, you know, it's that, that it's how it is, but let's not be un- unnecessarily overly mm-hmm. critical. We're three and oh, we're number five in the country. Let's not forget who we are. Two, you know, two ranked teams and one handily. I mean, you know, let's let's get a grip. Let's realize that there's it's a long season. Yeah, you know, and yeah, hopefully attrition doesn't take its toll on us. But I mean, you know, mm-hmm. there's going to be they're going to grow and and uh, get more cohesive as the year. The offense has looked better every game, better and better each game as you go forward. Too. And that's By that's, that's, that's Iowa football better than the last. Yeah, that's Iowa football. We get better throughout yeah. the season. One one Everybody. thing that we don't think of too when you know we're getting on social media too and overly criticizing them when we're in our different fan groups on Facebook. There's a lot of player parents that are in these groups too. So you want to think about what you're saying. You know, if you're just letting the guys have it, you know, there's a lot. That's some of those guys' kids, and so you want to remember that as well. And there's probably recruits that are paying attention to this. And, you know, I know if I'm coming out of uh, high school and I'm like, these, these guys are three and oh, number five in the country and their fans are tearing them apart. I don't know if I want to play for that. So, you know, I feel like for the most part, Iowa fans have always been super supportive. But um, when we went two and oh this year, I think expectations kind of shot through the roof. So let's uh, mm. let, let's circle back the bus. And I let's came into the season guys. fully like preparing myself to be oh and two to start the year. So. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, yeah. That's <laughs> why yeah, pleasantly surprised it could have happened easily but we played well we played great defense and um, they were ready and i was really worried about how ready because usually kirk ferns's teams aren't ready in the first couple of games but yeah. man they played awesome we have a top five offense we just don't have a top our top five defense we don't have a top five offense right now but hopefully if they can just be a top 25 offense we're going to be good as gold that's all we need so moving on we're going to just cover typically on the show we're going to cover the, um, the the Big Ten games and uh, usually Iowa State. So we'll move pretty quickly through this. Um, let's go. We got Iowa State. They are uh, at Baylor. Iowa State's two and one. Baylor's three and zero. Oh. And let's see here. We got um, Iowa State favored by six down in Waco. Uh, Jerry, what do you what are you taking on that one? Uh, Big Twelve. You know, conference games, football on roller skates. I don't know what to expect. I mean, it's at Baylor. So I don't know. Based on past experience, I just have a hard time believing that line with Iowa State by six. So, you know, I don't know. It's really I can go either way on this thing. But if I had to, I'd probably I I don't know. I like Baylor's chances at home. Okay. And uh, again, once the Big Twelve season hits, you don't know what to expect. They got you got explosive offenses, and Iowa State though, you know, they look like they maybe lit a spark last weekend. So maybe they come out and surprise too. And, you know, with a little bit different panache than what they've had this so far this year. 
All right, Matt, what do you think, Chief? I'm taking – I'm going to take Iowa State on this one. I think that okay. their defense is good enough to shut Baylor Baylor's uh, offense down, and I think Brock Purdy is good enough to make enough happen on Baylor's defense to, to All right. take Nice. Um, I personally think Iowa State was extremely overrated going into the season. Um, I think they're a good team. I don't think they're nearly as great as they were touted to be. Um, I'm going to take Baylor in this one. Dave Aranda, the head coach at Baylor, I think is a wonderful football coach, and he's got them rolling right now. So they'll be in Waco down in Baylor. It's going to be a hot one down there. Uh, I'm going to take Baylor to uh, cover that spread and uh, at least – beat Iowa State by field goal field goals my my pick here. Um next might, one we gotta go ahead. It Jack. might be seventy four to seventy one in Big Twelve football, but we'll see what happens. So. <laughs> yeah, you never know. You never know. Um next we got Rutgers. Surprisingly both teams are these both of these teams are kind of a surprise. They've looked really good so far. Rutgers with uh, the fighting Greg Shianos at three and oh going against number nineteen Michigan three and oh as well this is in ann arbor um there was no point spread listed for this one yet so we're just going to pick this one straight up matt you're going to take rutgers or are you going to take michigan in this one taking michigan on this one i think they've played well enough they've had some really good tests and came out on top rutgers i know they played well but i just don't know that they can take michigan matt's calling fool's gold on rutgers jerry what do you think Oh, I'm kind of, I don't know if I'm calling fool's gold on Rutgers, but I mean, you know, Michigan with the resources and the brand has an easier time of turning it around and uh, trying to right the ship. Rutgers, it's going to be a little bit more of a lengthy process, but you know, I don't know. It's been well documented. Har- you know, Harbaugh's got beaten Ohio State, sole front and center. And so I don't know. I see at, at the big house, I see Michigan taking care of business. on this right. one. So. I'm going to agree with you guys on that one. I got Michigan on this one. Um, I've read a lot about the Michigan football team this year, and a lot of writers close to the team are saying that um, with some of the assistant coaching changes, the culture there's changed. It's a lot lighter. Um, players are having a lot more fun. There's um, a swag about these guys right now, and they think that this might be the year they're going to knock down Ohio State. I would love to see that because I'm real sick and tired of Ohio State dominating the Big Ten. It'd be nice to see someone different come out of the East. Um, next one we got – our old boy Brett Bielema in the Illinois Fighting Illini at one and two um, at Purdue, two and one right now. The point spread is Purdue favored by ten at Ross Aid Stadium in West Lafayette, Indiana. Matt and I have been to that beautiful town. I love tailgating there. Matt, what is your It'd pick on this one? It's a fun place. So, are we talking covering the spreads, or are we talking yep. straight up still, or were we yep. spread? Covering the spread. The last one there was no spread listed, so we just picked a winner. Okay, so I I think I'm going to have to go at West Lafayette. I'm going to have to keep it to Purdue. I think they're going to cover that. Uh, mm-hmm. Brett Bielma's first year, Illinois played a couple. You know, their first game was was good. They beat Nebraska, um, but I think that was just. Uh, First game of the season kind of glitches for Nebraska and yeah, Purdue's gonna come gonna come out. I don't know that in that Illinois has enough to to uh, stop Purdue's offense. Yeah, they run that spread offense. They game plan against Iowa so well. We always struggle against Purdue. It's terrible. Uh, it's like Purdue and Northwestern of those games, and I'm like, wake up. And figure it out because they just match up against us and they their offense just gives us fits. Jerry, what are your thoughts on the Illinois Purdue game? It's, 
you know, it's pretty simple right now to Matt's point. You know, Bielema is in a rebuild. He's in year one. You don't count out Jeff Brome. I mean, as Hawkeye fans, we understand just how dangerous Purdue can be, you know, and, and Brome's coaching and uh, the ability. And, you know, I just I, – I like Purdue in this game just for the fact, I guess, it's just Jeff Brome factor. So Yeah. Last year they had their best player out. They had Jeff Brome out. And they still beat us. Like I'm like, okay, we got these guys. Their best player and their head coach is out. We still couldn't beat them. So, I mean, that's a sign of a good coach when you're not in there and your team can still flow like that. But did you realize he's making like $7 million a year? I, I read that yeah. the other day. He's one of the highest paid coaches in the country. Like, if you're making that much money, like, you better – You'd be putting out well, some results and making some bowl games at least. Louisville tried to lure him back a couple years ago, and uh, Purdue ponied up to keep him. But, you know, to your point, though, too, losing to Purdue, again, go back to my previous comments, we're trying to throw the ball 40 to 50 times against him. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I don't know if you credit Purdue so much for that or our game plan. But, you know, I would I, love I, digress. I, I still want answers from that. I love Brian Ferentz, and I think he's a wonderful person and, and, a, and a good offensive coordinator. But what – and I, I, I got to get off that, but what the hell. Yeah, okay. I mean, it wasn't like it was a blowout. I mean, and we had to, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, we could talk and gripe about that all day. <laughs> um, I know I could. The next, It's week, not going to change the outcome no matter how long we talk about it. it. So it, exactly. moving right along. Um, next one, we got the Kent State Golden Flashes, who we just recently played. One and two at Maryland, who is three and oh, point spread favoring Maryland by 14 and a half in College Park, Maryland. Matt and I have been there. Not a fan of that environment whatsoever or the tailgating or the bar scene. They get two thumbs down on this side. Uh, Matt, what's your thoughts on the outcome of this game? It's a tough one. Maryland's offense is sputtered and Kent State's defense is really good. (laughs) So it could be a long day in Maryland if – that offense is sputtering. I I mean, my gut's telling me to take Kent State on this one. Uh, I don't know how Maryland's going to come out, I guess. It's, there's right. a question mark. I could see them getting it together and, and pulling this one off, but Kent State's no joke. No, they're solid. So Matt's saying that Maryland's not going to cover the spread of 14 nope. and a half. They may win it, but I don't know it's going to be by 14 and a half. I'll take I'll take Kent State for you know with a over two okay. touchdowns spread. Absolutely. Jerry Jerry, yeah, what do you, think? I, you know, kind of along those same lines. I mean, it's in Maryland. You know, Maryland's playing some, you know, they're playing some decent ball to start. I mean, they made some good first impressions, but again, we're only three games into the season. And yeah, you know, do I think Maryland probably pulls us out? Yeah, but I just I still have a hard time believing in the 14 and a half point spread on this thing, even even if they are at home. Yeah. And uh, you know, hey, basically if they do, you know, if they pull it out, it's just another step in showing that Maryland maybe is a little bit more for real than what the uh, me, the average fan thinks. So I know when I look at the spreads every week, there's one or two games that jump off the page at me where I'm like, okay, that's easy money. And this is one of them for me. Um, not only am I going to pick Maryland to not get the, uh, to, to hit that spread, I'm picking Kent state to win and upset, upset the Maryland <laughs> Terrapins. I, I think that Maryland is not, as good as people are thinking they're getting a lot of credit a lot of positive talk right now i think they've improved definitely and they are moving in the right direction they got to upgrade at quarterback there but i i've seen both teams play and i'm very impressed with kent state i think kent state um blows up that spread and actually wins this game so, i agree right. yeah well it's because you're a smart guy 
I'm just kidding. All right. Next one up, we have our favorite team in the country, the Nebraska Cornhuskers, sitting at two and two, going to Sparty, Michigan State, three and oh, right now. Another team, you know, Mel Tucker, people are getting real fired up about these guys. It's just another one of those teams that looked like absolute hot garbage last season and have come out this year and looked a lot better. Um, we got a spread of Michigan State favored in this one by three and a half, and it's at Spartan Stadium in East Lansing, Michigan, where um been to that location as well, stayed in the nastiest hotel I've stayed in in my whole life. Um, <laughs> it I, was uh, bad. Had to take a flea bath afterwards. It was <laughs> not good. Um, but, hey, when you're on a football trip, you just sleep in the room. You're out doing other stuff the whole other time, so it's okay. Jerry? What do you think on this one? Michigan State favored by three and a half over over Nebraska. You know, I guess looking at this, you and I have had these discussions, and Maddie's been involved in some of these too, where it's, you know what, it's good for the Big Ten and it's good for college football if Nebraska's good. You know, we don't want to admit it. We never want to lose to them again. But, you know, it's just for the Big Ten's sake, you want a good Nebraska is a good brand. But – Michigan State by three and a half at home. I mean, that's basically saying it's a pick em because, you know, a, a home yeah. game basically gives them that three points. And that's what I know Nebraska came within seven of Oklahoma, but heck, Oklahoma dropped in the AP by its only beating them by seven. They dropped a spot this week. Yeah. And so I just don't know. Nebraska's Nebraska, and that's not a knock. It's just Scott Frost has got to show something. So I would have to go with Michigan State on this one until yeah. Frost proves me differently, proves me wrong. And Matt, you know, Mel Tucker, I don't know how many people have, have, have really covered this, but he really probably was the biggest winner in the transfer portal, brought in a lot of really good players to upgrade that team right away so he could win a lot quicker. And that's been a big key to their success for this year. Matt, who do you got in this one, Michigan State or Nebraska? I think Nebraska gave it all she had against Oklahoma, and that's not how they're going to play the rest of the year. I think Michigan State is going to prevail. It's They're going to easily cover three and a half. Uh, Michigan State, from what I've seen, is a pretty good ball club early on, like you just said. And uh, Nebraska is going to turn the ball over like they always do, and it's going to be uh, a long day. Yeah, I um, I agree with you guys. I think that Nebraska, not just under Scott Frost, but over you know the last few coaching regimes, have lacked toughness. And I feel like this Michigan State team is going to punch them in the mouth. They're going to see adversity. It's going to be on the road, and I just don't think they're going to be able to handle it. I think Michigan State covers and wins this ball game, and I think they win by more than just three three and a half points. I think they're going to at least you know maybe win by a couple touchdowns, in my guess. So um, I think that's a, a good bet for Michigan State, in my opinion. Um, up next, we have the Akron Zips, one and two against Ohio State, number 10 in the country, two and one. Now, listen to spread the spread on this one. Ohio State's favored by 49 points. That's <laughs> insane. In Columbus, Ohio, Maddie, who do you got in this one? That's 40, a lot of points. 49 points. Like, that's, that's a lot. That's a lot of points. And Ohio, I don't, Akron's bad, and but like Ohio State doesn't have a very good defense, but their offense is really good. Their quarterback makes mistakes, isn't super accurate with the ball, but they are very explosive. 49 points, like, yeah, that's, I, that's a big spread. I'm, I'm not thinking – I'm thinking Ohio State's not going to cover that spread. I mean, okay. I know they're – Ohio State's going to win, of course. Yeah. But 
I mean, that's, that's almost by 50 points. Is that's Akron a lot. really that bad in college football? I mean, I mean, they're pretty, I know it's they're, Ohio State, and I know they're it's pretty Akron, bad. But man, that's a lot of points. Yeah, I, I mean, just by what I'm seeing, I, I got to take the zippers to not or to to win off right. the spread side. Obviously, Ohio State's going to win the game. The old fighting zippers. The old fighting zips. All right, Jerry. What do you think on this one? What do you think, Jerry? Oh, I'm taking Ohio State. Ohio State's got wanting to right the ship. They, you know, after losing to Oregon, 49 points is, you know, it looks like a lot of points, but I mean, it's a 56 to seven or a 63 to 10, really out of the realm of possibilities. Now, yeah. I'm going. I'm going with Ohio State to right the ship and uh, just yeah. try to try to horn it on, some, erase some ghosts from a couple weeks ago. I agree with Jerry. I'm going to go with Ohio State in this one. I think covering that spread is going to be a little tight. That's uh, a lot of points, but um, Akron's not very good this year, and Ohio State can put up a lot of points pretty quick. I see um, Ohio State turning the ball over a couple times, getting careless with some passes, but they're going to be explosive, and they're going to cover that spread and win the game. Um, moving on, we have Indiana sitting at 1-2, and two, which I don't think any of us expected at the beginning of the year. Kind of thought this would be their year. Um, at, at Western Kentucky, I thought it was kind of odd they're doing a home-and-home home with Western Kentucky. Um Let's see here. So um, Indiana's favored by 10 in this one at Western Kentucky. Jerry, who do you got in this one? That's a tough one. I don't know a whole lot about Western Kentucky. You know, I don't so think my anybody gut, does. Uh, my gut says Indiana. Um, I, you know, the Indiana by 10, I could see him pulling it out. But, you know, Indiana's in that sophomore slump season. And, you know, I don't know. Anything can happen. But if I had to – if it was my own uh, – Buck fifty. I was putting on this. I'd probably go with Indiana on the points. Right. What about you, Matt? I'd have to agree. I know Phoenix has turned the ball over quite a bit, but I not against Western Kentucky. I don't see it. I think they cover that spread. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I think they'll cover it pretty handily. Um, moving on. I didn't even realize they could play football at the Division One level. The Villanova Wildcats. <laughs> um, uh, basketball school taken on Penn State. There was no spread listed for this one. So we'll just skip over that one. I think everyone thinks Penn State's going to win that one pretty handily. So um, not a worry on that one. One of the uh, more entertaining games on the schedule that I'm really looking forward to watching. We have number 12 Notre Dame 3-0 and against number 18 Wisconsin 1-1. One and one. I think that's going to be a slugfest. Um, I got, um, they got Wisconsin favored by 6.5. The game is at a neutral site at soldier field in Chicago, which will be cool. Um, I saw the Hawks play uh, Northern Illinois there uh, back in the dark days of Jake Christensen. So um, was able to take in a game. There it was quite a bit of fun. So with uh, Wisconsin favored at six and a half, Matt, who are you taking in that one? Oh man, that's tough one. You're right. It's going to be a, it's going to be a slug fest. Wisconsin six and a half. Man, um, I'm going to take – I think I'm going to take Wisconsin on that. I haven't seen anything spectacular from Notre Dame this season. They came in highly ranked and haven't really proved themselves. Wisconsin got uh, – I know they, they lost to Penn State early on, but that's a tough, tough Penn State uh, team and at Wisconsin pretty much lost it themselves. They beat themselves. They had that game. They could have won it. So I, I'm going to take Wisconsin. All right. What about you, Jerry? 
Well, I, you know, I think there's a couple interesting facts here, just like Matt just mentioned, you know, Wisconsin on that Penn State game, you know, and again, like we talked about earlier, they can't go back and change it, but it seemed like they did a lot to beat themselves that Penn State game. But so do you have that factor coming in and again in a big matchup in a neutral field at Soldier Field? But ultimately, too, I think what gets lost is Jack Cohn now quarterbacks at Notre Dame, the former Wisconsin quarterback, you know, and I mean, kind of this transfer portals and lending a little bit of a, you know, a free agency aspect to this whole thing. So, I mean, you got a quarterback now for Notre Dame that's familiar with the Wisconsin system. Sure. They've probably changed it up and they've got new schemes, but I don't know, I guess on that factor, I kind of think too, with a little bit of a knowledge of everything going on, I kind of start favoring Notre Dame in this, um, you know, as far as from that aspect. So, um, I'm going to, I'm definitely, um, I've watched both these, te- these teams play this year and read up on, on both of them quite a bit. I'm going to go with Wisconsin on this one. I think Notre Dame has not looked good. The, their first three games of the year, they've struggled with some, um, not so great opponents and they just have not looked very fluent out there on the field as of yet. Um, they're not going to have that luxury to take a whole half of football to start playing Wisconsin is going to come out and play Wisconsin football. They're a lot like Iowa. They're very steady. They're going to hit you in the mouth and you're, you might know what they're going to do, but they're going to do it well and they're going to make it hard to stop. I got Wisconsin um, covering and winning this game by say, I'm guessing at least 10 points in my opinion. It's not going to be a big game. I'm guessing something like a 20 to 10 ball game. It's not going to be a real high scoring one there. There's not going to be a lot of possessions, I don't think, in that game, just the way Wisconsin plays. So Notre Dame's going to have to take advantage of every possession that they get, and I just don't think that they're going to be able to do that. Yeah, Um, Adam, I got to take one exception with you, though, because uh, one thing I'll always remember about Jay Christensen, though, is what a great teammate he was when he was when Stanzi came in as a starter. That's true. You know, he was he was a team player, and he supported and said all the right things, no matter how angry he got. So, and he transferred out and. So I know yeah. his statistics didn't show much during the game, but, you know, I, I still kind of give him a, a few points at least for, you know, being the consummate teammate on a, you know, as uh, the way circumstances rolled out. So, yeah. And I, you know, Ricky is one of those guys. I don't think he has a negative thing to say about anybody. He's a pretty positive person and um, really good. And, you know, Jake very much so as a, as a person is probably a wonderful guy and a really great, well, great dude. He just did not well, really have a lot of success yeah. at the university of Iowa. Um, which, which is unfortunate. You know, that whole class is another podcast episode in itself. So I digress. But anyway, yeah. I just wanted to note that as far as my own personal feelings. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. And then the last one, very last one we have is the university of Ohio at Northwestern Two not good football teams going at it. Um, Northwestern sitting at one and two right now, the game as a uh, sleepy Ryan field uh, in Evanston, Illinois, you know, you go in well, there, you just want to take a nap. You, did you hear the news though today? The no. Ryan family donated four they're they've offered four hundred and eighty million towards the renovation of Ryan Field. What just, took uh, them so long? I don't know. You know, it's part of an ongoing, but I mean that field, I guess from what I understand, you've been there. But from what I understand, that's kind of the last piece of the whole for Northwestern as far as the uh, putting the parts together for the uh, facilities. So wow. yeah. that was kind of a big announcement. I think there's a bigger like billion, some billions of dollars goal that they're aiming for, but wow. still it was a, still, that was a big announcement. At least I saw on the big 10 network. Today. Well, that puts so, them halfway there. to yeah. a billion. <laughs> Well, I think, it was multiple, I think it was multiple billions, but I don't want to quote, but I'm pretty sure it was about 480 million. With the right well, family. It's probably going to take multiple billions to upgrade that 
field is so far behind. <laughs> it's it's a it's a dump, but their um their practice facility is amazing. One of the best. Valley and Des Moines is probably a better stadium than Ryan Field. <laughs> I've been to both, and it is. Valley High School Stadium's nicer than Northwestern, which is sad. You know, you're a Big Ten school. You're one of the top academic institutions in the country, probably the number one journalism school in the country, and that field doesn't look like it's seen any TLC in about 40 years. So, um, I, you know, we move on, though, quit, you know, bashing on Northwestern. It is, mm-hmm. uh, we've been there. We didn't enjoy it very much. Not a lot of fun. Um, we got Northwestern favored by 15 and a half. Uh, Jerry, who do you got on that one? I'd take a Northwestern as well. The home field, Big Ten. You know, I just, I think the factors are there that they can cover that spread. I mean, personally. So, yeah. Yeah. And this year, Matt, you know, going into it, you know, Ohio. I think normally if Northwestern was this bad, I'd go with Ohio, but Ohio is really bad this year. They've struggled uh, with Frank Solich retiring uh, and moving on Um, again, Northwestern favored by 15 and a half. Who do you got in this one? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys on this. I'm going Northwestern just because Ohio is real bad. (laughs) Yeah. They're, they're struggling. Um, I agree with you guys. Going to take Northwestern in this one. Um, congratulations to Northwestern. I mean, that's, I, again, to tie into that, I think Pat Fitzgerald is one of the best coaches in the country. To be able to win like he has and do what he's done at Northwestern, um, if, if I'm an NFL team, I'm doing everything I can to lure that guy in. I think he, in my personal opinion, is one of the best coaches in the country. He's got Kirk Ferentz as a number. <laughs> There's no he question does. there. He, he very oh, much There's does. nothing bad anyone can say about Pat Fitzgerald. He does it right the right way, and he always wins football games. This is true. Well, boys, we um, ran a little long on time today. We're not typically planning to go this long on the Swarm the 402 podcast. Um, we did a little introductory episode where everyone kind of talked about their fandom and got everyone to get to know us a little bit. And we thank you, everybody, for listening. And we'll be back within the next week or two with another another episode. But, guys... I appreciate you guys coming on. I had a lot of fun with you, and hopefully the Hawks can take care of business this weekend against Colorado State. All right. Go Hawks. Hawks. All right, guys. Go Hawks.